Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. This summer, Diane Fossey is back in Africa, but the gorillas are very different. The gorillas have killed some soldiers, and somehow they've learned how to use guns. Rwandan rebels have been training the gorillas as soldiers while Diane has been back in the States raising funds. And Diane won't stand for that. Miss Fussy needs all the weapons you can give me. Sigourney Weaver returns, locked and loaded, as Diane Fossey in Gorillas in the Mist 2, Gorilla War, rated R, for language and violence against gorillas. Welcome to Shock Bucky Radio. EK seems very happy with that one. <laughs> EK loves those. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, the Madman. Uh, I know I look weird, but you know you look weird too. You know I've had this face my whole life. I'm not surprised what happened when I shaved. You know, and I've been called everything under the under the sun. You know, I've heard it all. I've heard I look like a skin Mr. Potato Head. I look like a Wooly Willy with glasses. I look like a Brian Stelter. You know. So I've heard it all. I'm growing as fast as I can. This is a this is a five day shadow I got going on. I shaved on Friday. I haven't touched it since, and it's just it was, it was nice in the Navy because I only had to shave any, every other day. But there were guys who had to shave at lunchtime. They just grew their body. All they did was grow hair. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/ShockMonkeyRadio. Become a patron. Three bucks a month means nothing with inflation being the way it is, three bucks a month. I would appreciate it very much. Or you could just send me money through Cash App. Use the hashtag ShockMonkeyRadio. Uh, you can also <clears throat> buy my books. I'll have a link in the uh, description, not today, but tomorrow. And uh, you can follow me on social media. Where is it? This side? Uh-huh. Wasteland Backwards on Twitter, D-N-A-L-E-T-S-E-W, ShockMonkeyRadio Redux on Facebook, and S at SLRobbins13 on Instagram. You can follow me there. Yeah, EK, uh, he loves those... Uh, he loves those uh, sequel things. You want to hear another one, EK? Oh, yeah. EK says, hell yeah. Coming this Halloween. The year is 1981, and David had almost forgotten his flight as a navigator. But David and his brother Jeff had a daily reminder of his strange adventure in their little pal Puck. A little Puck Marin whose planet was destroyed by a comet. But in 1981, Puck goes through his version of puberty and grows eight times in size. Puck also develops a taste for humans. And Puck eats their parents. 15-year-old David and 11-year-old Jeff need to lead their neighborhood in defense of Puck as emergency services swarm the Freeman house in Fort Lauderdale. Then David hears a familiar voice in his head and wanders off. And Jeff follows. David is reunited with a track Trimaxian drone ship, or Max, who tells him that they need to capture Puck and bring him to a world where he could live peacefully. Join David and Jeff as they team up with Max to save the Earth from an alien menace in Flight of the Navigator 2, starring Jacob Tremblay as David, Jackson Robert Scott as Jeff, Vin Diesel as Puck, and Paul Rubens as Max. Flight of the Navigator 2, rated R, coming this October 31st. EK loves that kind of stuff. I love Vin Diesel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, Vin Diesel's going to be doing the voice of Puck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> EK's mentioned it once or twice. He likes those things. So I figured I'd write a couple of them because he's such a pal. Anyway, uh, 
So I, I had some friends come over this uh, uh, this weekend on my birthday, and I showed them all my books. I got lots of books. And uh, one of my friends pointed to, to the two thickest books on my shelves, a Funkin' Wagnalls de Deluxe Edition Dictionary and Encyclopedia from the 70s. Why have them, he laughed, holding up his phone. So I told him the truth. Those books are becoming more and more valuable every day. You see, when you reference your phone as being, quote, the sum of all human knowledge, you cannot believe that that's true. You have to be smarter than that. All right. I, got, I just remembered I got to turn off my ringtone. <laughs> you cannot believe that is true. Definitions change every day in the Internet age. Definitions of words are changed in real time on those reference websites where people go to for objective fact. There are even people who think Wikipedia is a reliable source because of the Pedia part, but it's the wiki part that worries me. Not only are those printings of dictionaries and encyclopedias becoming more valuable, but even older printings of classic novels as well. There are modern edits of classic American novels that have been, simply, have been edited simply to appease the people's delicate sensibilities. Even in my useless DVD co collection, I have an uncut, unrated version of Kingpin that I have never seen on any streaming service. And I've seen a lot of those, I saw, I've seen a lot of lame cuts of that movie, but I've not seen the one that I bought back in 2002. There are a lot of movies from the 90s and before that that have always uh, have been heavily edited for the modern market. There are missing episodes from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. In fact, a lot of those older shows have episodes that you cannot find in any modern collections. So don't throw, throw away your books thinking that you will always have objective truth in the palm of your hand with your smartphone. Don't think that you'll have the best cut of a movie through your streaming service. There is value to retaining these things. Sooner or later, there's going to be a clash between objective truth and the modern truth. And yes, you will need things like a Funkin' Wagnalls Deluxe Edition Dictionary Encyclopedia from the 70s. Oh, it's from the 70s and too old? Well, there was no internet in the 70s. So it was printed in an era before we lost our minds inside of a, cac a cacophony of information. You ever get like, get off on a rant about dictionaries? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Definitions change throughout the years. It's interesting. <clears throat> uh, so I saw a movie I'm going to review for you because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great movie. It's called The Big Year. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It came out in 2011 from my understanding. Uh, it's Big Year. So I watched this film simply based upon the cast. You got a PG movie, granted, with Jack Black, Steve Martin, and Owen Wilson. But so there's a really good chance it was going to be funny despite the rating. And I was 100% correct. The Big Year is an excellent movie if you can handle the subject matter. The movie's about birders, people who go birding, people who look at birds and count them. Even if you're, huh? For fun. For fun. All right. <laughs> Even if you're a guy like me and don't understand this incredibly nerdy hobby, you will find this film hilarious. Now, I got to explain the meaning of a big year. A big year is a, a year where you spot as many species as possible to, uh, to have a big year. So I want to get a big year, as many species as possible observed through the course of one year. And so these people travel all over the you know, country, you know, chasing and looking for birds. And it's, uh, you know, they keep tallies and there's a guy who has a record for it. And, uh, 
and they all want to, you know, they all, there's three characters and they all want to get the big year, hit the numbers, hit the big numbers. And it, it's funny because you, you don't necessarily need photographs of the birds. So you, you, you just log it. <laughs> so it's all kind of run on the honor system, which is hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's all based on the honor system. And it's, it's a big year, having a big year of seeing as many birds as possible. It's nerdy. I collect comic books, so I don't want to throw too many stones. Well, if you're going to admit to being a bird watcher, you're probably not going to lie about anything else. Right. Yeah, that's probably true. But, but, <laughs> all right. So the movie sort of centers around this character named Kenny Bostick. Owen Wilson's character, who is ho currently holds the record at 732 species observed over the course of a year. Uh, Kenny is a roofing contractor with his third wife who is taking fertility drugs because they want to have a baby. But Kenny wants to protect his record every year, so he keeps ducking out on his wife to go on excur excursions to, quote, set the pace and keep an eye on anyone else who might be uh, going for that record. Uh, and plus, he's kind of underhanded in the way he deals with the, his competitors. Um, so in many ways, he's the villain of the film. Bostic is the villain of the film. Uh, Steve Martin's character is Stu, a rich uh, business owner in New York uh, who has tried to retire twice but due to, his big, uh, to do his big year, but he kept getting pulled back into his business. This year, he's doing it for real, but his business cronies keep bothering him as he travels all over the country looking at birds. Stu is going for the big year. Doing it for real. Wait, yeah, wait. Stu is going for the big year, but is not quite open to other people about it. In the beginning of the year, most everyone is tight-lipped about what they're doing—that they're going for the big year. But Stu gets motion sickness, and and uh, boats are often used by birders. So Bostic manipulates Stu into getting sick, and an enemy is made. But he also made a friend in Jack Black's character, Brad. Brad is a divorced software designer who lives with his parents and wants to do a big year. Through the course of the film, he spends all of his savings, maxes out all his credit cards, and even a couple of his parents' credit cards in order to fulfill his dream. But Brad and Stu sort of hit it off as friends, and these birders kept uh, as these birders kept crossing paths in the search of the birds. And and they're just generally kinder people than Bostic. And uh, Bostic's wife is constantly wants him back at home, but he's uh, too obsessed with holding the record and beating Brad and Stu, who he, who he identified as threats to that record. So Stu gets called back to the business frequently, but always, you know, needs to get back to his birding as soon as possible. And his cronies hate birds. They're always screaming, those damn birds, when he runs off. Uh, Stu's son also has a new baby in May of that year. And so, of course, he dropped everything to go see his new grandson. Even Brad gets called back into work and borrows time from birding in order to make double pay to help finance, finance his hobby. And Brad takes time to flirt with Rashida, jo Rashida Jones, who plays another birder. And the whole point of the movie is contained right there. Stu and Brad's priorities are in order. They know what's really important. Brad reconnects with his father. He gets friendly with Rashida Jones and makes a new best friend in Stu. Stu gained a grandson, preserved the legacy of his business, and su successfully retired with his wife to Colorado. Bostic wins the big year, but loses his wife. That's why this is a good movie. No matter what you do, you always have to remember what is most important in life. The big year, nine of 13 stars. It's still a movie about people who look at birds. My dad won't stop talking about that stupid owl. Best line in the movie. <laughs> All right. So um, speaking about movies, 
I rewatched uh, Demolition Man again recently. You know, the Stallone and Snipes movie from the 90s? Great flick. <laughs> Obviously a great flick, but I'm not, going, I'm not here to review it. I just want to talk about that futuristic nightmare dystopia that John Spartan got defrosted in. Uh, the world as designed by Dr. Raymond Cocteau, uh, Cocteau or whatever. That world is the, quote, utopia that modern woke people are pushing for. A world where people say be well and there's no physical contact, even during sex. No graffiti. Only one restaurant and it's Taco Bell. Everyone's wearing stupid robes. There's a payphone terminal with a guy receiving an automated pep talk. There's three seashells in the bathroom that no one can figure out. Most of all, they have a verbal morality statute. Everything anyone says is monitored. And, you, and if you swear, there's an audible alarm and a machine spits out a ticket for you. That is an insane world. John Spartan knew it the whole time. Cops who never had to handle violence because of this weird dystopian world they lived in called San Angeles. I don't know if the whole country was like San Angeles or if it was just a localized thing. Anyway, that was the world that these modern woke people want to create, create where there's, there's, there's only the norm and we are forced to live that way. A world where they cannot handle a chain-smoking Dennis Leary living underground, ranting about gross human stuff that he misses. You know what I? You know what I miss? You know what I miss? You know what I miss? I miss wet willies. All right, I miss wet willies. When was the last time you got a wet willy? When was the last time someone got a sopping, spit-covered finger in your air canal? Okay, when was the last time you got a wet willy? Now, I for one think Dennis Leary is a good type of person to have in society. And humanity needs to live somewhere between a cold and sterile society and wet willies all day, all day, every day. We cannot allow society to get like that. They were singing commercial jingles from the 80s, for God's sakes. <coughs> all right, I got a, one more short thing I want to do before I get in the news. Get a little crass here. So if you have delicate sensibilities, you, you can skip like the next four or five minutes. <laughs> so I uh, kind of got a uh, email and I'll, to sum it up, it's like, madman, you hate trans people. And here, let me, I'm going to respond to that one email. No, I don't hate anyone. I just love tits. Big tits, small tits, mushy tits, floppy tits, taut tits, tiny tits, puffy nips, large nips. I just love tits. And there are young women out there today, chest binding, or worse, getting double mastectomies. It makes me so mad I didn't get to see Ellen Page's tits until she cut them off. It's almost the saddest thing in the world. God gave you two beautiful chesticles that bring joy to all the men in the world. And some women too. Lesbians, I love your tits too. And you should also be mad that young women are removing them. There's a flip side to that coin as well. There's lots of people who love dick and love, love getting good dicking. And there's lots of young men out there getting their real junk removed. Obviously, the real tragedy is that these people will never have a normal, intimate human relationship again. But a close second is the loss of all those beautiful titties. It's like that scene in The Princess Bride when she's about to stab herself in the chest and Wesley says, there's a shortage of perfect jet, uh, breasts in this world. It would be a pity to damage yours. And who has perfect tits? You do. You do. 
If you want to show them to me, they're perfect. They're all perfect. As long as they are not fake. <laughs> the natural beauty of women, so much of it is that milkshake that brings all the boys to the yard. And young women are removing them, and young women young men are getting fake ones and therefore the quality and the quantity of perfect breasts are going down baby so i'm mad so am i mad at the vandals who deface god's greatest work yes i'm still talking about knockers hell yeah i'm mad at them but i don't hate them you're just ruining tits that's all that's all you're just ruining tits and you know it's and my weakness isn't even breasts i'm a leg leg man with ass tendencies Anyway, let's get into the news worth knowing. Sorry for being crass, but I feel passionate about that subject. So everyone loves a good Bonnie and Clyde story, so I'm going to do this story. I've been trying to avoid it. Uh, <clears throat> Alabama inmate uh, Casey White, who fled with Vicki White, charged with first-degree escape. New arrest warrant. First on Fox. Florence, Alabama. Failed. Uh, Alabama jail fugitive Casey White has been charged with first-degree escape for his uh, for his 11 days on the run, which prompted a massive multi-state manhunt and ultimately ended with the death of his alleged accomplice, uh, senior corrections employee Vicki White, according to arrest warrant obtained by Fox News Digital. Fox News Digital has obtained a warrant for the arrest of Casey Cole White, which charges him with escape uh, in the first degree and uh, briefly details how Vicki Casey and Vicki White slipped away from the, uh, the Lauderdale County Detention Center in Florence, Alabama on April 29th. Uh, Casey Cole White has been transported to Lauderdale County, Alabama on pending felony charges, the document states. Casey Cole White was transported by a corrections deputy, Vicki, Vicki White, on April 29, 2022, from Lauderdale County Jail at approximately 9.40 a.m. for an alleged mental health evaluation in the Lauder Lauderdale County Courthouse. Vicki White was set to retire on April 29th, the day of the escape, from her role as Assistant Director of Corrections at the facility. Corrections Deputy Vicki White and Casey Cole White did not arrive at the Lauderdale County Courthouse and never returned to the Lauderdale County Jail, the warrant further states. Vicki White ultimately shot herself in the head following a brief police chase in Evansville, Indiana on Monday, police officials have said. Pair had allegedly been holed up at a local Motel 41 uh, for days before their capture. Casey White was serving a 75-year sentence for several crimes from, 20, from 2015, including carjacking, home invasion, and police chase. He has been serving his sentence at the William E. Donaldson Correctional Facility in Bess Bessemer, Alabama, but had been transferred to Lauder Lauderdale County Jail uh, while he awaited trial for the 2015 murder of a 58-year-old 50 year Connie Ridgway. <sighs> Casey White, 38, and 56-year-old Vicky White, who are not related, were, were allegedly in the throes of a jailhouse romance when, a, when they escaped in October, uh, excuse me, April 29th. Their ruse lasted 11 days. Vicky White was cha uh, facing charges related to escape, including forgery, identity theft, and uh, permitting, aiding, and escape. Her death has been reportedly ruled a suicide. <clears throat> Casey White was extradited from Evansville, Indiana, to Lauderdale County uh, in Alabama, on Tuesday, arriving just before 10 p.m. local time, wearing a yellow is jail issued jumpsuit and shackles, and staring straight ahead, White just uh, stayed while while he just stayed White just stayed quiet while he's led inside. Said nothing. Anyway, so uh, people love the, these kinds of stories because it's like a Bonnie and Clyde thing. 
I don't like talking about them because I don't think it's good to glorify people like Bonnie and Clyde or, you know, natural board killers and stuff like that. There's, there's no romance to the murder. And if you think that you just, you probably have dark fingernail paint on. So, I mean, it's, you're, you have a mental health disorder, (laughs) you know, uh, being into that kind of stuff. That's weird to me. And so, um, and women, they just love that crew crime stuff. Anyway, uh, and so when it comes to this kind of story, you're talking about a woman who's worked in corrections in a male's penitentiary for years. And I could think you can make an argument that's why, you know, single women in particular shouldn't be working in a male corrections. Because, um, you know, something like this could happen. Some 38-year-old guy could seduce this uh, homely-looking lady who works at the prison. And it. the interesting thing, I think, is the... Uh, she was supposed to retire that day. <laughs> and I'm just like, do you, uh, do you think that the the prison would be like, oh well, fair play, you know, you you were retiring anyway, so I guess. Or do you, did you do it like, did you wait till your retirement, thinking that you might get retirement pay afterwards? <laughs> I mean, I don't really understand that move, and then end up shooting yourself, which I think is questionable. I think that's questionable. That guy could have shot, shot her for all we know. And he was like, yeah, she shot herself. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it's silly to glorif- glorify criminals. You know, people, more people could have died. I'm glad that, you know, there weren't more people who didn't die. More people didn't die. Anyway, let's talk about these serial killers marching on capital, the Capitol to say, hey, we need to the right to serial kill. Anyway, so let's read the real headline. Protesters march to Capitol to demand Senate to pass Women's Health Protection Act. Uh, protesters on Tuesday marched from the U.S. Capitol to the Senate to demand lawmakers pass a bill that would codify 1973's Roe versus Wade into law. The U.S. Senate is expected to vote on the Women's Health Protection Act on Wednesday. The bill would submit abortion rights into federal law through congressional legislation rather than precedent set by the U.S. Supreme Court. The bill would also create provisions requiring states to allow abortion access regardless of the laws of their laws while allowing women to have abortions so long as a single health care provider says the pregnancy is a risk to the mother's life or uh, health or life, regardless of fetal viability. <coughs> viability. <coughs> Excuse me. However, the bill stands a little uh, little chance of overcoming a Republican filibuster when considering an earlier version of the bill in February. Democrats could not get enough senators to reach the 60-vote vote threshold needed to begin debate, debate on the vote on the bill and vote on the bill. Uh, Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, who, has a, who is pro-life, has yet to publicly state whether he will support or, oppo- or oppose the bill. Arizona Democrat uh, Senator Kristen Sinema has repeatedly said she will not vote to abolish the filibuster. The Women's Health Protection Act is passed through the House last year after Texas and other red states passed more restrictive abortion laws. The bill would legalize some abortions through all nine months of a, woman, of a woman's pregnancy. After the publication of the Supreme Court op- opinion draft that would overturn Roe v.ersus Wade, Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer in the Senate would hold a procedural vote to begin debate on the legislation. The leaked court opinion draft published by Politico last week has ignited a firestorm across the country uh, pivoting either camp of the abortion debate against each other. And tensions are only expected to increase as the nation heads towards the November midterms. 
In the days since, rallies organized by abortion rights advocates as well as opponents have broken out in front of the Supreme Court and around the country. Some of these protests have happened in front of justices' homes, prompting the Senate to pass a legislation to beef up security for them, ensuring that their families are protected and a court deliberates uh, as the court deliberate, deliberates abortion access and whether to overturn Roe versus Wade. Protests have erupted in front of senior uh, Supreme Court building and around the country. Uh, why did they print that twice? Police have set up a tall fence that blocked off streets this week as people have protested in front of the Supreme Court building, which is across the U.S. cap across from the Capitol. They have also shut down the plaza and steps in front of the building. On Monday, more than 100 people gathered to, uh, Monday night outside Justice Samuel Alito's home in Virginia, lighting candles and, and chanting abort the court. Dozens of people have also gathered over the weekend at the homes of Justice Brett Kavanaugh and Justice Chief Justice John Roberts in the Washington and Maryland suburbs. And I'm so, so mad at Glenn Youngkin for not arresting those people. You can't intimidate justices. That's illegal. That's the plot line to a Grand Theft Auto admission. You know what I'm saying? You got to intimidate this, this judge. You got to intimidate this witness. Go, go bash up their car. You know what I mean? That's illegal. That's a crime. Arrest him, Governor Yunkin. Anyway. Anyway. So let's talk about a different kind of issue. Maryland mom of four kids, including 10-month-old twins, is desperate for baby formula. I'm sure you probably heard about this. A Maryland mom of four children, including 10-month-old twins, is having a heck of a time finding baby formula for her little ones. And she's really, really, really angry at Biden administration right now. Did you really have to? Anyway. Kayla Zarenko and her husband, Cody, of Calvert County, Maryland. Calvert County. That's, you know, that's, if you ask me, that's technically Virginia. Just say you're from Virginia. Any, anyway, they have four children, Kayla, Zarenko, and Cody have four children, seven-year-old Gavin, five-year-old Grayson, and 10-month-old twins named Gabriella and Gannon. Really? Really? Maybe it is Maryland. Maybe they do live in Maryland. <laughs> Quote, I have enough formula for two babies for 14 days, she told Fox News Digital of her current supply. Where am I going to find formula after that, she added, becoming upset as she spoke. The couple live about an hour south of Washington, D.C. Uh, husband Cody works for Tesla, while Kayla has been a stay-at-home parent since giving birth to her twins last June, the couple enjoy watching their oldest child play baseball. Uh, Kayla Zarenko volunteers at the boys' school, boys school as much as possible. But now Zarenko's found herself uh, with a new full-time job that she never applied for, searching for baby formula to buy for her children. She's been searching for baby formula in her tri-state area of D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. In recent days, has found nothing, literally nothing, she told Fox News Digital in a phone interview last week. It wasn't until she ordered baby formula online, then she received the notice that orders, orders had been canceled, and she took to social media to vent her frustration, as everyone does. <laughs> this has got to be addressed, Zarenko wrote recently, exasperated. Raise gas prices, inflate food prices, and give babies the food they need. I shouldn't have to search a tri-state area to find baby formula, she added, and still not find any. My online orders have been, are being canceled. Canceled. Stores are out with no end in sight, she also wrote. This should be a top priority immediately for every government agency, and this is a joke of this administration. This is scary. All caps. This is scary. Up until January, Zarenko had been breastfeeding her twins. 
She was not familiar with the baby form formula sh uh, shortages that other parents and caregivers have been facing until she couldn't breastfeed her uh, her babies any longer. Because <clears throat> in January she came down with COVID nineteen. Once she tested uh, positive for the coronavirus, her husband began hunting for baby formula to feed their infants, but to no avail. But still, they did not realize the challenges up ahead. I sent him. I sent him for a curbside order, and the order got canceled. Zarenka told Fox News Digital. We had a curbside order from Target, and he was able to get that one. Then he bought it, brought it home, and we were fine. Then after four days, we went to back to breastfeeding on my milk supply and came uh, came back up. But I realized I had never came back to the sustainable level after uh, after what we had after we had COVID. Now Zarenko and her family have joined many of the American parents in a desperate and ongoing quest for baby formula. And it's clearly taken a toll. During an interview on Tuesday afternoon, Kayla Zarenka broke down in tears. She told Fox News Digital that she feels like she is in survival mo mode to feed her babies. I've had, I have enough formula for two babies for 14 days, she said about her current supply. What, where am I going to find formula after that? Is this how uh, it's looking for every single, every single morning when I wake up? Just kind of hitting at a breaking point on Monday and got real upset that I was pissed off and I was scared? So obviously this is awful. Uh, there are like ways you can make homemade formula. You can search for it. You know, I, I've seen people posting posting about it. There's there's ways there's ways to make formula. Uh, I understand. You know, it's real difficult, and it's like you know the whole thing. The whole thing hinges on <laughs> that, that friggin' pipeline they shut down because causes the price of energy to skyrocket. And then everything else goes up too. That's how it works. That's how inflation works. But if we had free-flowing, free uh, bubbling crude, it'd be different, different story. And there'd be plenty of, plenty of stuff on the shelves. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that sucks. Let's talk about some collateral damage. <clears throat> and we'll start uh, working up to like happier and happier stories as we get, you know, finish these last three stories here. This one's, this one's worth a chuckle. So pro-choicers pro picket Pelosi's house, claim Democrats are complicit in potential overhaul of Roe versus Wade. Collateral damage. A small group of pro-choice protesters picketed in front of uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco re residence, condemning Pelosi and her party as complicit in the potential reversal of Roe versus Wade after a leaked Supreme Court draft opinion suggested the, on, the court is on the verge of striking down the abortion precedent. Quote, we are here because the Democratic Party and Democrats as a whole have been complicit in this whole thing, a female protester shouted into a bullhorn. She and others lined up behind a banner reading abortion on demand or, and without apology. They also carried signs with the faces of five Republican-appointed court justices who reportedly supported the draft opinion with the word liar over their heads. Real creative. She explicitly declared her intention to pressure the court not to go through with the opinion. Quote, we are here because this draft, draft decision is what it is. It's only a draft. And we will protest here in front of the leadership of the Democratic Party and in the streets from coast to coast unceasingly because we work to keep abortion legal, legal, legal and accessible, not rare, she said. She criticized Democratic messaging on the issue from the 1990s, signaling out then First Lady Hillary Clinton. 
Hillary Clinton, who started the whole thing like abortion should be legal but rare, as abortion is in, as if abortion is a tragedy, the protester declared. We are here to say that ab abortion is a basic right, a basic human right, and without this right, women are basically enslaved, and we will not stand for it. She also attacked Pelosi for, not having, for, for having said years ago that the Democratic Party was focusing too much on the abortion issue. In May 2017, Pelosi said Democrats should not make abortion a litmus test issue for their party. Another protester declared the potential uh, Supreme Court opinion striking down Roe versus Wade would be Pelosi's legacy. Speaker Pelosi, this is your legacy, 35 years of your reign of terror, he said. You had a uh, supermajority under former President Obama, which, you, uh, which this should have been your top priority. Why did you keep this on the table? Because your most effective fundraising tool, that's why. Condemn Pelosi for blaming Republicans, even though the Democrats currently control all three branches of government. <laughs> Ostensibly referring to the White House and both houses of Congress. Uh, probably talking about the Supreme Court. <laughs> the protester condemned the uh, potential reversal of Roe as a blatant war on women and other trans uterus bearing individuals. Okay. Well, should I keep reading this? So here's the collateral, collateral damage. You know, it's first of all, these protesters are in San Francisco. What Republican has a house in San Francisco? Can you think of one? You think of any uh, representatives from San Francisco who might be Republican, <laughs> who might live in San Francisco? Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner might live in San Francisco. I don't know. They could. They went to Pelosi's house because it, it's the highest profile house in town. You know, even though Nancy Pelosi's not there, she's in friggin' Washington. You know, <laughs> so just whatever will bring the cameras to them. These crazy people. They want. They want to be able to be, be proud. Shout out. I killed babies. Okay. We'll see how this all plays out. Anyway, let's talk. Moving to happier stories, then we'll get out of here. Shorter show today, I know. But tough tough titties. <laughs> Love them. Anyway, uh, passenger lands plane in Florida's Palm Beach after pilot has a medical emergency. A passenger with no flying experience landed a Cessna 208 caravan with the help of air traffic control in Florida Tuesday afternoon after the pilot had an apparent medical emergency, according to reports. Quote, I've got a serious situation here. My pilot has gone incoherent. I have no idea how to fly the airplane. The unnamed passenger calmly radioed air traffic controllers from inside the single engine aircraft, WPBF-TV in West Palm Beach, reported. The Fort, uh, Fort Pierce air traffic controller asked the passenger his position, which he answered, I have no idea. I have the coast of Florida in front of me. The controller told the passenger to keep the wings level and follow the coast while they attempted to locate him. The passenger anxiously radioed, radioed back four minutes later, asking if they had found him, explaining he couldn't get his nav screen to turn on. Officials eventually located him off the coast of Boca Raton and guided him to a safe landing at Palm Beach International Airport with the controller adding kudos to that new pilot. <laughs> uh, you, quote you just wit witnessed a couple of passengers land that plane one of the controllers said to another pilots over the radio did you see a passenger did you say the passengers landed the plane commercial pilot responded oh my gosh great job <laughs> only the pilot and the passenger were on board the plane the pilot was taken to a hospital in, in an unknown condition according to the station 
An aviation expert told WPBF that this was the first time he heard of someone with no flying experience land a plane as complicated as a Cessna caravan. The person on the airplane who had no aeronautical experience listened very carefully and obviously followed instructions with great calm. John Nance told the station. That's what made the difference. Way to go, dude. I like it. They say, well, congratulations to the new pilot. You know, <laughs> kudos to the new pilot. Because you know that guy's going to <laughs> going to take flying lessons now. You know, might as well. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. I love it. You never know. You never know what you do, what you could do until you're forced to do a situation where you, you know, have to find out. Anyways, go to this last story. Just a little something to think about as we get to closer and closer to Independence Day. Utah sanitation worker stops to fold an American flag found in the trash. Quote, a lot of people died under that flag. Don Gardner, a sanitation worker in Utah, said he was just doing his job when he pulled a discarded American flag out of the trash and folded it before returning to work. But Brooke Cowley, who captured the moment on video, said it filled her with pride. Gardner, a Marine Corps veteran, said matter-of-factly that he just, stopped, he just stepped out and took care of it when he saw the flag in the trash can. He said it wasn't the first time he'd stopped to honor the flag. I've done it before, he said on Fox & Friends. I just got caught this time. <laughs> Crowley uh, told host uh, Ainsley Earhart that the flag was accidentally thrown away after a windstorm swept through. In an effort to clean the yard and uh, dispose of debris, she discarded the broken flag as well. Callie's children were doing schoolwork at home the next day when they saw Gardner fo uh, folding the flag. Callie said that she felt sheer embarrassment when she realized what she had done. She then felt proud of, of Gardner for the respect he showed the American flag and the time he spent to honor it. Quote, it really was a moment of peace and comfort, she recalled. It was really humbling to see Don do that. Callie said the moment touched her entire family and her children asked if they could give him something in return. The family gifted Gardner with a challenge coin, which veterans often collect the next week. Quote, it's a moment that we will remember forever, she said. We're so thankful for his service and what he gave, gave to our family and community. Callie noted the division within uh, America and encouraged people to be more like Gardner. A lot of people died under that flag to protect our country, Gardner said. It's something that I honor. It's a good point. You know, uh, when I was in the Navy, you know, the, the flag was used as, it's like we put our differences aside for that, you know? It was like, we may, you know, we, you know you, we, we, we may rib each other, bust each other's balls and all that, but at the end of the day, we put, we put all of our differences aside. You that skin color, religion, everything. We put all political affiliation, we put all that aside for the good of the nation. And I mean... <sighs> I hate for it to be a cliche. It's like, you know, ex-military people, they're they're quite patriotic. And we are. And it's because, you know, we really do believe in that concept is that we are all equal under that flag. You know? And that's, that's the beauty of America. That's what we love about it. That's the ideal we believe that it is. So that's why you should take time to honor the flag. I know this may have been a short show, but anyway. Uh... I want to remind you again that I have Patreon, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. I would appreciate it. I also have the cash app. Use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio, all one word. I would appreciate that as well. I have books available for a digital download on Amazon. You can search for the author Scott L. Robbins or check the description. That's why I keep pointing down there. The description 
I'll be down there, uh, not necessarily today, but tomorrow. And uh, follow me on social media. You can see over here, Denalit Saw on Twitter, Shock Monkey Radio Redux on Facebook, and SL Robbins13 on Instagram. You can follow me there. I'd appreciate it. So this has been the end of the show. This is the end of the show. I'm the madman, and I love you. <laughs>